0: Welcome back to the Moon and Sun podcast. I am Shay.
1: And I'm Nick.
0: And today I will be telling you about Hera with side stories about Echo and Narcissus. And Nick will be talking about graveyard goodies. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, We're so weird. Okay. Hera is the goddess of marriage, women, and family, and the protector of women during childbirth. She also had power over the skies and could bless the people with clear skies or curse them with storms. In Greek mythology, she is queen of the 12 Olympians and hold up, Olympus. Hold up.
1: Who curses with storms?
0: She can also do that.
1: Who? Hera. Hera. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. That'd be kind of cool to worship her and be like, they did something bad to me and right. curse him with a storm.
0: Right. She is also the sister and wife of Zeus and the daughter of the Titans Cronus and Rhea.
1: Sister and wife?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: I always, you always forget. I always that. forget <laughs> Greek gods <laughs> were so him. incest.
0: And it shocks him every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, one of her defining characteristics in myth is her jealous and vengeful nature in dealing with anyone who offended her especially Zeus's numerous adulterous lovers and illegitimate offspring.
1: That's how she became to curse people with storms.
0: Truth. Uh, Her visual usually represents her as a dignified matronly figure, upright or enthroned, crowned with a diadem, sometimes veiled as a married woman. She is the patron goddess of lawful marriage. She presides over weddings, blesses and legalizes marital unions, and protects women from harm during childbirth. Her sacred animals include the cow, cockatoo, cuckoo, cuckoo, the cuckoo, the cow, cuckoo, and the peacock. She is sometimes shown holding a pomegranate as an emblem of immortality. Her Roman counterpart is Juno. Being born after Hestia and Demeter, Hera is the youngest of Cronus's and Rhea's three daughters and their third child overall, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus in that order. Are her younger brothers, however, since just like each of her siblings, each of her siblings but Zeus, she was swallowed by her father at birth and later disgorged to be born again. She is sometimes referred to as Cronus's and Reus's oldest daughter, reasonably, since the Titan had to empty his stomach of his children in the order opposite of the one in which he ate them, which is why it's weird like that. Zeus was Mm -hmm. technically the youngest, but also the oldest because he was the He was not eaten. Mm -hmm. And then they were all disgorged. She had five children, Ares, Hebe, Elethia, Hephaestus, and Eris. As the guardian of marriage and the spouse of the king of gods and men, Hera didn't have much choice but to be a faithful wife, even though she was beautiful. Not many men and not one god dare lay hands on her. Uh... Endymion tried once, but Zeus condemned him to eternal sleep. Uh, I, Izon fared even worse. Zeus fooled him into making love with a cloud fashioned in Hera's image and then ordered Hermes to bind him to a perpetually turning wheel of fire.
1: Hmm. <laughs> That's good torture.
0: Yes. Uh, by most accounts, Hera gave Zeus four children, Ares, the god of war, Elethia, the goddess of childbirth, Hebe, the goddess of eternal youth, and Hephaestus, the god of fire. Zeus tricked Hera into marriage knowing full well that the goddess loved animals. He transformed himself into a distressed cuckoo and reverted into his original form only when Hera took the poor creature to her breast to warm it. Ashamed for being taken advantage of, Hera agreed to a marriage. However, it didn't turn out to be a happy one. Hera plotted a revenge plan with Poseidon, Athena, and possibly a few other gods. She drugged Zeus and they bound him on his bed while stealing his thunderbolt. Thetis, however, summoned Barius and he managed to quickly untie Zeus, who was subsequently merciless to the main schemer. He hung Hera from the sky with golden chains. To grant her a release, Hera swore to never rebel against her husband, never again rebel against her husband. So she directed her anger towards Zeus's lovers and their offspring, becoming a jealous and vindictive wife.
1: As she should.
0: Right. Hera and the things done to some of Zeus's lovers. She tricked Semele into forcing her lover, which she knew was Zeus, to reveal himself before her in all his glory. Since humans can't look upon at gods without incinerating, Semele perished into thin air. She later turned Callisto into a bear after the latter gave birth to Zeus's child Arcus. After some time, just as Arcus was about to unwittingly kill his mother, Zeus placed Callisto and her son in the skies, as the constellations Ursa Major and Ursa Minor, the big and little bear. Lo was one of the mortal lovers. She was a priestess of the goddess Hera in Argus. Zeus noticed Lo and, of course, began to desire her. She initially rejected Zeus's advances until her father threw her out of his house on the advice of oracles. Then Zeus enveloped himself in a dark cloud in order to seduce her. According to some stories, Zeus then turned low into a heifer in order to hide her from his wife. But the deception failed, and Hera begged Zeus to give her the heifer as a present, which having no reason to refuse, he did. She then sent Argus, who had... 100 eyes to watch Lo and prevent Zeus from visiting her. And so Zeus sent Hermes to distract and eventually slay Argus. According to Ovid, he did so by first lulling him to sleep by playing the panpipes and telling stories. Zeus freed Lo, still in the form of a heather, hef, hefer, hefer In order to exact her revenge, Hera sent a gadfly to sting Lo continuously, driving her to wander the world without rest. Finally, she escaped to Egypt, where she was restored to human form by Zeus. Echo was an oread. In Greek mythology, a mountain nymph that lived on Mount Mount Kitharion. In an ancient Greek vase painting, Echo was depicted as a winged nymph with her face shrouded in a veil. Zeus was quite attracted to nymphs and often visited them. Hera, his wife, jealous of his various affairs, followed him trying to catch him. However, Echo would engage Hera in long-winded conversations, giving the time to Zeus, giving time for Zeus to evade her. At some point, Hera realized the plot of Echo and cursed her to only be able to repeat the last words that another person just said, making Zeus lose interest in Echo., um, Hera was loved by the god Pan, but she did not return his love after being cursed echo came across a beautiful young man named narcissus but was unable to talk to him because of the curse she simply followed him in the woods narcissus having lost his companions with whom he had gone hunting started shouting is anyone there echo given the opportunity repeated the words he shouted again let's come together to which echo rushed into him repeating his words however narcissus rejected echo and she was left in despair narcissus came across the lake and there he fell in love with his own image causing his death unable to move echo mourned for him and eventually died away herself leaving only her voice behind at this point in the myth we meet another character who inspired a modern term narcissist narcissist Narcissus was a mortal man a hunter and he was very handsome and he didn't know it one day he was out hunting when echo saw him and once she experienced a uh coup coup de fondre love at first sight um after being rejected by narcissus echo was heartbroken and could, could do nothing but turn and flee from that day on she haunted lonely spots and pined for her love this was not the last time she would be she would see she would see her beloved narcissus tragedy abounds in greek myths and so does retribution Nemesis, goddess of revenge, learned of Echo's heartbreak and Narcissus's cruel rejection, and she decided to teach the vain human a lesson. On a hot summer's afternoon, she lured him to a pool to drink. When he leaned over the pool, that's what he saw. A young, virile, beautiful man. It did not occur to Narcissus that he had fallen for his own reflection. He stared at the pool that's until you. he withered away. Oh, <sighs> um... His final words to himself in the pool were, Oh, marvelous boy, I loved you in vain. Farewell. And Echo, who had been watching and lounging and wishing, longing and wishing, could say nothing but farewell. With her love gone forever, she wasted away. Poor Echo, cursed for following her king's orders, robbed of her right to a voice, a mind of her own, capable of great love, but I am unable to express it. Shunned, rejected, and alone, and Narcissus, having faded away and in his place, grew a yellow and white flower, the aptly named Narcissus Flower, which we know today as the Daffodil. Oh, Hera and her meddling in childbirth. Hera kept her daughter, Alethea, from attending the birth of Apollo, postponing it nine days and nights. Additionally, she chased Leto relentlessly until she searched for a safe place to birth her children. Listen to the Apollo episode for more about that. Heracles and Hera had a difficult relationship. In fact, the queen of the gods tremendously hated the half-man known for his strength and hero status and really went out of her way to make his life as difficult as possible. Snubbing Heracles publicly would not would just not do it. Hera wanted him to suffer. It all started before Heracles, Hercules in Latin, was born. The bastard was the result of one of Zeus's many many affairs. This time with a mortal woman. The god of the sky disguised himself as the poor woman's husband in order to make love to her and consequently impregnate her. In fact, her actual groom came home later that night. Zeus's adultery was the sole reason for Hera's unending wrath against the unfortunate Heracles. Hera did everything she could to stop Heracles and his brother from even existing. She forced Alethea, goddess of childbirth, to sit cross-legged with knotted clothing to hinder their entry into the world. Hera might have permanently denied the ch- children's lives if the mother's servant hadn't fooled the goddess of childbirth. The quick-witted help convinced elethia that the babies had already been born. Seeing her task as pointless, the goddess jumped up, undid the knots, and allowed the birth of the twins to proceed. After this, Heracles's mother was worried about Hera and the revenge she might enact. So she exposed her half-god child, who was taken by Athena, to Hera. Zeus's wife did not recognize her mini-mortal enemy and inadvertently nursed him out of pity. The super-strong infant, however, suckled so intensely that Hera pushed him away due to pain. Her milk then sprayed across the sky, forming the Milky Way. (laughs) (laughs) Heracles, meanwhile, acquired supernatural powers from the divine milk and was returned to his mother. Despite her accidental gift, Hera was still on a warpath. She sent down two enormous serpents to the baby's crib so she might be rid of them. Unlike his twin brother, Heracles was not afraid and grabbed the reptiles. His parents found him happily babbling away in baby b- gibberish, holding the strangled snakes as if they were toys. Remember that part of Hercules when pain and panic turned into snakes? Yep. Heracles' strength and partial divinity was confirmed by the act. The young boy then grew into a huge, powerful, and courageous man that legends are made of. Sure, he killed his music—sure, he killed his music teacher with a lyre. But overall, he was destined for greatness. He was prophesied an unusual future full of vanquishing monsters and making myths. Heracles then moved to Thebes, where he married King Creon's daughter Megara and started a family. Unfortunately, at this moment, Hera stepped back into Heracles' life. She drove him so mad that he murdered all of his children and maybe even his wife as well. After being cured of his temporary insanity, he fled to the Oracle of Delphi to search for a way to... Ex- to uh, That word would be like... It's expiate, but it's like uh, repent for his sins. Even this attempt was foiled by his arch enemy who guided the oracle to punish Heracles further. He was ordered to say to serve King Eurytheus, a man he knew lesser he knew was lesser than him, and do whatever he was asked following for the following ten years. It was during this time that Heracles completed his famous twelve labors. He was actually only supposed to do ten. But King Eurystheus cheated him into doing two more. Apparently, a few of his miraculous monster-killing acts were not up to scratch because he either re- he either received money or help. Once Heracles was purged of infanticide, he joined a superhero group called the Argonauts. They searched for the Golden Fleece, conquered Troy, fought against the giantess, and, of course, rescued heroines. During one such escapade, Heracles fell in love with With the princess Loli, an ancient Greek uh, 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 in legend, her father Eurydice promised his daughter to whomever could win the archery competition against his sons. Heracles promptly triumphed, and the king did not fulfill his promise, giving away his daughter instead. King Eurydice and all of his sons except one spurned Heracles. The demigod then proceeded to kill them all. Enter heartless Hera once more. She drove, she again drove Heracles mad, and this time he heftly, the hefty beast of a man, threw his greatest pal over the city wall to his death. And just like the last time, Heracles submitted to servitude as penalty, penalty, for the killing. The epitome of all things masculine, Heracles then spent the next three years doing women's work in women's clothes. His new master completed the farce by donning Heracles' iconic club and. S- lion skin garb eventually the queen freed heracles and married him over the years heracles continued to have extraordinary adventures he rescued poor prometheus from a vulture that ate his liver every day he killed countless beasts dragons and monsters he had a drinking contest with dionysus and lost he found a new nation in cynthia by having relations with a half woman half snake gross In addition to all the warring, Heracles managed to have endless affairs with women and men, fathering countless children and heirs, and thereby passing on his strength and partial divinity. Kings, for ages on, would boast lineage from the demigod. Eventually, though, these extramarital affairs were the end of Heracles. It all happened when Heracles and his third wife, Dinera, tried to cross a river. A centaur named Nessus offered to help the young lady, but then tried to take advantage of her while Heracles was on shore. The mighty warrior was not pleased and swiftly shot the deceitful centaur with a poisoned arrow. As Nessus lay dying, however, he plotted his revenge. He told Heracles' wife that she should gather up his blood and spilled semen in order to prevent her husband from being unfaithful, and all she had to do was apply his poisoned fluids to Heracles' clothes. Eventually, when Daenerys suspected that Heracles was enamored with Loli, She inadvertently followed through with Nessus' lethal plan. She soaked Heracles' clothes in the blood and gave the item to his servant to deliver to him. Heracles put it on and was immediately in torment. The poison burned the flesh from his bones. Heracles Heracles then chose to die on a pyre to end his suffering. After the flames ate away his mortal body, all that remained was immortal and divine, was an, em- was an immortal and divine entity. He then became a full god, joined his father on Mount Olympus, and married his fourth and final wife, wife Hebe. And that was The Tumultuous Tale of Heracles and Hera, which was written by Anya Leonard. Um, Hera's colors. They are purple, dark green, royal blue, silver, white, and gold. Her element is earth, plants and trees. The lotus... A lily, white rose, poppy, iris, honeysuckle, trees, pomegranate, apple, willow, cypress. Stones and gems, lapis lazuli, diamond, moonstone, quartz, pearl, sapphire, or star sapphire. Amethyst, azurite, turquoise, chrysocolla, and tourmaline. Incense, myrrh, rose, jasmine, iris, honeysuckle, patchouli, and frankincense. Harris symbols are the royal scepter, a diadem, a throne, and peacock feathers her sacred animals were the cow the lion the cuckoo the peacock and the panther as well as cranes proper offerings for her peacock feathers lotuses lilies white roses or any white flowers poppies irises uh, pomegranates apples pears oranges staying faithful in a relationship and keeping the romance alive supporting women's rights donating things to women and children who are less fortunate um, and similar deities in Egyptian, it is Isis, and as well as Hathor, Norse is Frigg, and Celtic is Dany. And my thoughts on her is, like, look at how she was treated. She was treated like shit by Zeus, so of course she turned into a rage monster mm-hmm. who wants to just destroy everything. 98% of her actions, in my opinion, were all justified.
1: Well... Because he was a whore. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and I got like, this, he, yeah,
1: he tricked her into marrying him.
0: Mm-hmm. And then and proceeded then, to just,
1: forced, I should say forced her to marry him.
0: Yeah. And then proceeded to just constantly cheat on her.
1: Yeah. When she, when he knew she was not okay with it.
0: Side I know also Zeus isn't just a bad person. He's or isn't, he isn't just a bad person. He's no. a whore. But listen to the Zeus episode to find out more things about him. Um, and I got information from GreekMythology.com, TheOI.com, uh, Almanac.com, and Britannica.com.
1: Very interesting. Yes. Interesting. Now let's learn about Graveyard Goodies. Yep. Graveyard Goodies. Oh, well, let me turn on my light here. Yeah. Ah. I love it.
0: I know, it's so handy. I was like, that'd be perfect.
1: It is perfect.
0: Instead of you using the flashlight on your shoulder to try to read.
1: (laughs) Graveyard materials are exactly that. Materials collected from a graveyard. These things are used to connect the spirit of the deceased person to your working and utilize their abilities or attributes to boost the power of your spell. When a grave is considered important or spiritual in some way, it's a common practice for witches to collect moss from headstone for luck or magic. Even non-witchy people will often visit the graves of famous, powerful people to take a souvenir like a pebble or dead flower to act as good luck charms or for more intentional purposes.
0: Like Marie Laveau's grave. Yes,
1: I would love to see me her grave Mm -hmm. so bad
0: me too
1: we need to take a trip
0: I know we do we need money and then we can take a trip
1: yes graveyard dirt and spells is mostly seen in African American conjuration practices it's used by root workers and those who practice voodoo hoodoo and ancestor veneration Conjurers and root workers have their own very old traditions handed down from their ancestors, a tradition all their own. Collecting graveyard material is not as simple as wandering into a cemetery and grabbing a handful of soil. There are many things to consider when acquiring this special ingredient for your spells. First of all, you must be fully aware of who is buried in the grave. You take an item from and what that person was like in their life. Their life story will indicate what kind of spirit they are and what they can be called upon to assist with. Graveyard rules. Yes. Be respectful. When in a graveyard, it is important to show reverence for the spirits of the deceased as well as their living families do not disrupt any monuments or floral displays that are set out be quiet and solemn when you do find the grave you wish to work with take only a small amount of dirt a little twig a pebble or some other unremarkable thing Never take live flowers or gifts that someone else has placed there. If what you take will be obvious, obviously visible, interpret that as a very clear message that the spirit doesn't interpret that as a clear message that the spirit doesn't wish for you to have it.
0: Yeah. Also, um, I read once about taking graveyard dirt. (coughs) take like a spade and like shovel the top of the grass and like fold it up and then take dirt and then lay it back so it looks undisrupted yes is that in there did you have that i don't
1: think so (laughs) okay let's find out (laughs) (laughs) ask permission not every spirit is willing to work with you when you approach the grave sit or stand near it and spend some time communicating with the spirit Explain to them what you wish to have their aid in. Enter a quiet frame of mind and try to feel what they are telling you. Pay attention to things such as birds, trees, the wind, and any signs these may carry. If the Spirit does not wish to help you, you may feel dizzy, nauseous, or frightened, or otherwise sense that the anger is no. The answer is no.
0: Yeah, don't take it if they tell you no. You will know if they tell you no.
1: If you feel happiness and positivity, the answer is yes. If you are proficient in divination, such as with tarot cards, you can use them to seek permission from the spirit as well. Here is a simple tarot trick using the moon and the sun card. After connecting with the spirit through meditation, ask if you... May have something from their grave to assist you in your working. Shuffle the cards and flip one up. The sun indicates yes and the moon indicates no. Respect the answer. Bring an offering. Always. This can be a drink to pour on the ground flowers, special coin, crystals, or jewelry. You must always repay a spirit for their attentions. If you don't, it is stealing in a spiritual sense and you are bringing trouble upon yourself. Yes. Choosing a grave. The grave site of a loved one is the best choice if possible. A family member or friend will likely be willing to aid you in your workings as long as it is in your best interest. A loved one will protect you and you can't a loved one will protect you and you and help okay a loved one will protect you and help you attract love, happiness and success they will always back you up in reversal or cursing spells steer clear of family members with whom you had a trauma or dysfunctional relationship with. If you can find the grave of a public figure or historical person whose values in life mirror your own goals, that might be approachable too. Remember, pets are also loved ones. Moss of dirt from the grave from beloved familiar can be used in all kinds of spells, including loyalty or even in finding a mate.
0: Yes, also think about the fact that like if you have a family member who was very anti like witchcraft, maybe don't use them. They might tell you no even though they're your family.
1: But then again, if that's why you ask them, they say no, you move on.
0: You respect it. <laughs> yes.
1: Taking something from a graveyard without permission, even if it is just a leaf or a bit of moss, is considered vandalism in some places. Many cemeteries are locked at night. Please do not go scaling walls in the darkness and wind up being fined or worse. If you cannot gain access to a cemetery, you can purchase graveyard dirt online. While it is unlikely that you would be penalized for planting a flower on the grave of your grandmother and privately keeping a small sample of the earth, anything from a stranger's grave may involve risks however if you are able to obtain permission from the owner to the cemetery to do some digging go ahead they may not understand why you want to take graveyard dirt but they may still allow you to do so if you are open-minded if they are open-minded yeah since in most places entering a graveyard at night is likely to arouse suspicion and unwanted attention you may have to do your cemetery journey in daylight however the phase of the moon is still in effect during daylight hours the phases of the moon apply to collecting graveyard items in the same way as any spell work dark moon for cursing or hexing full moon for protection Waxing moon for gaining things and positive magic. And waning moon for banishing.
0: Ooh.
1: That just reminded me. I have to tell you about my watch heel real quick. We can... Okay. Some other kinds of dirt. When it comes to using dirt and magic, you are certainly not restricted to the graveyard. It is believed that earth taken from any place will retain energies of whatever occurred there Here are some alternatives if the idea of taking items from graves doesn't appeal to you. Bank property. The land upon which a bank or credit union is built can be added to prosperity and wealth spells. Court properties. A bit of dirt from the lawn of the courthouse can be added to spells for justice and legal issues. Banquet hall. A building that Hosts many wedding receptions, may retain energy, useful in love spells. Hospital grounds. This dirt can be used in healing spells or to cause illness. Intent matters. Yeah. Here, as hospitals are places of healing, but they are also a place of illness. So obviously that you have to set the intention for sure. Yeah. Schoolyard. Dirt from a school playground can be added to spells for protection of children, playfulness, and new beginnings. University campus. Spells for learning and intellect can include dirt from university grounds. Murder scenes. A house or building where a murder occurred carries seriously dark energy. Dirt from this site can be used in your most vicious spells. Nice. woods soil from selected natural spaces can be included in peace and serenity spells as you can see you can get really creative with where and why you collect dirt from different places here are some ways to use dirt and magic place grave dirt from a loved one by the front door for protection use it to dress candles by rolling an oiled candle in it add the dirt to sachet spell bottles and powders put it inside poppets. sprinkle it onto your own property example sprinkle bank dirt on your lawn to attract money and see so you can be creative with the dirt
0: yeah Uh uh-huh <laughs> Thought about all the things
1: you could do with it. So I got my sources from <clears> throat> Kate <throat> Fruller of Blood and Bones. Ooh. Moody Moons.com Learnreligious.com and Rebel Society.com. Hmm. Rebellia, Rebellia Society.com. Rebellia Rebellia dot
0: com. Oh, interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Oh. Do you know anything involving Graveyard and Why do you take a picture of me I, can. I was not ready for a picture okay. it's Gmail Moon and Sun podcast At gmail.com Truth
0: the Instagram
1: Moon and Sun podcast Yep uh, All one word all lowercase
0: Yep the Twitter is Moon and Sun pod and, Yep Um, and the Facebook group is moon and sun podcast coven. You can find that by searching that, or there's a link tree in the Instagram bio and it has all of the other socials. It has everywhere that you can listen to our podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning into this episode of moon and sun podcast.
1: Don't forget your coffee next time.
0: Yeah. Bitches.